Hello. This is uh, the Tommy Divine Podcast. It is 4.22 a.m. It is the 29th of July. The year's 2022. Um, you know, it's really early in the morning. I really haven't got much sleep. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough podcast. It's going to be serious. Um, Monday will be my uh, dad's birthday. And I believe he will be turning 55. Um, if some of you haven't known, uh, back last Christmas, on Christmas Day, my dad passed away. Um, I didn't want to make it public to the podcast audience. I wanted to kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of during, uh, different, different times. So I didn't want to, uh, make it super public so soon. And you say, Tommy, why wait until July to sit down and talk about this? Well, to be perfectly honest, I didn't know really if there was a better time or even a good time at all, because <laughs> there's just really never a good time to talk about this. Um, but I figured since, um, you know, it's his birthday this weekend and we're celebrating that, um, you know, and we're going to mass and we're doing everything he would have wanted to do, um, celebrate mass and, and do, a, he, he never really was a big celebration guy when it came to birthdays. Um, you know, he just was, um, very laid back. He was very, he didn't want a lot of attention. And, uh, yeah, so I figured now would be a really good time to talk about it because, um, this is going to get emotional and I will be sharing different things and, uh, you know, that's, that's why I have this, this show. I want you guys to just look a, a little bit into behind the scenes of, of my life a little bit. Um, I don't want to be closed off. I want to be able to share things on this platform. Uh, it's more than just sports sometimes. It's, it's other things. And, you know, my way of dealing with some of that is to come in on and talk about it. And when this happened, I didn't really know what to, to think. Um, you know, he passed away Christmas Day. My father, Matt Devine. And, uh, you know, having it on Christmas Day was just another element of just heartbreak. But, you know, we, we had been talking for a couple months. You know, how are we going to honor Dad on the show? And I thought about it, thought about it, thought about it, thought about it. And we thought maybe bring a few guests on, kind of doing a memoriam, talk about him and different things. But I, I don't know. I, I just think this, this, I, I felt a stirring tonight. And whether that's his spirit, I don't know. And he, he was always a big supporter of what I was doing here on this platform. He was always 110% behind me. Uh, 
he really knew how much I love sports, even though he wasn't super crazy about about sports. Uh, he always knew that I had the eye for it and the knowledge for what I'm talking about, and he really respected that. And when when he was gone and he passed, it has just left a huge hole in my heart. It has. Simple as that. Um, when he passed away, that's kind of why I was a little bit... Uh, I wasn't coming out with episodes as much. I wasn't coming up with content. I felt kind of bogged down. Kind of in a mire of sadness. Because, you know, it, it kind of... I, I told this to a lot of people, and I've told this, you know, it kind of hits like waves, you know. Um, you'll feel it some days. Some days you won't. And, you know, uh, my mom and I, Pam, uh, you know, have really stuck together through the months. and really been getting through it together, but we like to look back fondly on what he wanted because that's uh, the way he'd want us to remember him and truly it all starts with the family and the faith and the work ethic my father had um, my family is Irish Irish Catholic, big Notre Dame football fans. We're you know Notre Dame football on this on Saturday. Big that's a big deal in our family. You know, go to church on Sunday. That's another big element in the family. You go to church. You watch Notre Dame football. You know, you do certain things. You have a good work ethic. My dad had the best work ethic I've ever seen. The man did not take sick days. He was so invested in what he was doing. He had always and forever wanted to be a police officer. You ask anybody, I guarantee there are family, uh, there are people in the family listening right now, okay? And I appreciate you guys listening so much. And I hope you guys don't get too uh, too sad by this. But I, I just, you know, I felt like this was just important to do because... Ever since he was, and the joke was, ever since he's been in the womb, he wanted to be a police officer. And uh, he achieved it. He achieved that goal. He went through a lot of different patches, uh, different jobs, different different things here and there to finally get on in Lafayette Police Department, become a great officer, great detective, great technician, and uh, enjoy retirement uh, and become a code enforcement officer at the city of Lafayette. He loved the city of Lafayette so much. He cared about it. He gave his whole heart, soul. He, he had pride in this city and where the city was. He wanted the city to look nice. He wanted things to be safe. 
He was always looking and had the back of, of everybody in the city. He was looking for the best interest of everyone living together in this community. And that was the biggest deal in my life, to have a, a police officer as a dad. Because it really did scare the hell out of you. Because, you know, you 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 stayed on the straight and narrow. It's what you did. And for me, <laughs> it was interesting because for a lot of my life, you're just assume, oh, okay, dad's going to come home at six o'clock. We're going to have dinner. And then that's, you know, whatever. I was so fortunate that my dad got to come home every day. So fortunate and so blessed because there are a lot of families who have police officers in their families that, that, that can't say the same because you never know when you're going to get that call or when you're going to get that, that knock at the door and, you know, Hey, sorry, but your husband's been, you know, shot and killed in the line of duty, any other type of thing. So for the fact that he was able to enjoy retirement, do something that he wanted to do and got to do it in a safe environment, was really important to him. And I was glad he was able to do that for a few years because he loved it. He loved being a code enforcement officer. That was his his bread and butter. He loved doing it. He didn't get the same uh, perks as being a police officer, but he still was able to go out, help the community. And he, he became a police officer for all the right reasons. He did it because he wanted to do what was right and he wanted to help people and he wanted justice for this community. And that's what he served out. He was just. He was fair. He, he was always looking out for everyone's safety. That was important to him. Because that's, that's all he wanted to do is be a police officer. And that happened. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of my other family members on my dad's side were police officers. Um, you know, Uncle Mike is a retired uh, police officer for the city of Kankakee. My Uncle Steve, a retired Illinois State Police officer. My cousin Darren Devine, also Illinois State Police officer. So it kind of, there's a lot of influence in the family with that. A lot of firemen, a lot of policemen. So you know, when you have that and you had so much um, help in his life going through different things, his grandmother, um, Rosella, who was a lovely woman, great, great, great inspiration, um, rest in peace as well, was so key for him. Uh, just being able to have that wisdom handed down. Um, and, and of course, you know, my, my grandparents, Sherry and Pat have been absolutely instrumental in the community, helping out when they can and being able to do so much for so many. And he's learned from all, he learned from so many great people and 
his two great brothers, Tim, Marty, just absolutely uh, phenomenal human beings and great advocates for uh, for doing the right thing and being there and helping out. Just he's, he's he had so many people around him that he was able to to learn from, experience from, to be able to go and help people. And, and it wasn't just him himself; he had other people to help him. So you know, and then he gave me all that information along with my great family and I was so proud of him and you know obviously it's a father and son relationship so being an only child you know the relationship with dad for me I feel like was a little different it wasn't your normal relationship I don't think I think at times it felt like we were brothers almost. Um, he's like a brother to me. He's like an older brother. Um, you know, uh, I know huh, when my mom listens to this at some point, she's going to say, why'd you say that? Hey, I'm going to say it. Um, you know, he was kind of the cool dad. You know, he was, hey, you're seven years old. It's time to watch the classics. We're watching Jaws. We're watching Caddyshack. We're watching Stripes. Did I understand all the jokes? No, not at, not at the time when I watched it. But that exposed me at such a young age to so many different things. And you know, but kind of kind of going back to the brother thing. You know, we would fish. We would hang out. We'd watch games together go out to eat, hang out. We go to Rule King. Uh, trips to Rule King on a Saturday or, you know, doing chores. Yeah, and it's like, it's kind of bickering, you know, and there's a line where, you know, hey, I'm your dad. You're the son. That's just how it works. And sometimes, you know, lines would get crossed a little bit. And that's just kind of what would happen. But for most of the time, for a lot of the time, him and I were, were always pretty, pretty great together. And I, uh, I mean, there's so many stories. I, we, we could be here, here, here all day. Uh, but you know, it, it's just like certain things, you know. I Teaching me how to fish was so, at first, hard for me. But once you start to learn, get the thing, he, he really, we go out all of the time. And I remember during COVID a lot, uh, my buddy Nathan and I, my dad, we'd had this little bubble we form and we'd go fish at different places. And that's what we did. And a lot of 2020 I spent with dad because, you know, he was actually home a lot because at the city of Lafayette, the city hall, you know, they were switching people out, people around a lot. So he would get a week or two off at a time. So it was kind of cool because, you know, we, we'd spend a lot of time together. And uh, I'm really looking back on that. I'm glad we had that time because it, it really was just fun to be able to binge shows, go fish, do all, do all those type of things and really, really bond. But uh, we, re we really did bond over the rod. I mean, that's a really, it was key to kind of 
one of the keys to our relationship was fishing. It was, you know, we were able to get out of the house. We were able to go talk, kind of, you know, get, get, get the scoop on different things with each other, kind of talk about different life's quandaries, be able to kind of talk. And I was never afraid to talk to dad. You know, I would always kind of be very open with him and very honest. And um, we had a very open relationship about things. Um, and, you know, we'd be going out on the boat. We'd go to different ponds, different things. And it was always, you know, it was, it wasn't like we were talking all the time to each other. But it was very, you know, it, it really kind of, I kind of go back to this. It was kind of like having a brother. It was just very, you know, hey, you know, we got, you know, different uh, different things going on. Just kind of like, you know, if we're just messing around, uh, you know, just kind of relaxing. I mean, it, it, it's almost kind of funny because the simplest things you do with your parents are kind of the things you remember the most. And I apologize if I kind of stutter or kind of going everywhere, but I, I just kind of kind of going in a whatever direction. But, you know, just like sitting outside with him and just talking to him for a couple hours, you know. He'd get off of work. He'd come sit on the front porch. I'd come up after work or whatever. Hey, Dad, what's up? What's up? Pops? I call him Pops. That's like a term I'd call him recently was Pops. I sometimes would call him Old Man. I didn't want to call him that a whole lot. But I'd say Pops. What's up, Pops? And uh, we'd sit. We'd just talk about things. You know, we'd go to Rule King maybe. Maybe go get a drink somewhere. You know, when I was old enough to drink, then we could go to a bar. So we'd go to the bar and get something to drink. You know, we got to... We do the thing where like we go to a bar and then, you know, get a few drinks and then, you know, hey, mom, you know, what are you doing? What are you up to? So, you know, we kind of just we bonded over that. Um, I remember the last Notre Dame game I went to with him was Boston College back in 2019. There's a great picture on my Instagram of that. Um yeah, that was the last Notre Dame we got to. And, you know, I, I tell this to people. I say I like Purdue football. I like Notre Dame football. But Notre Dame football is the number one priority. That's just – it was with my dad. It was with me. That's just what happened. My grandpa, it was, it's all you – know, Notre Dame. It's Notre Dame football. Irish Catholic, we root for Notre Dame football. It's just what we do. We root for Notre Dame. And so that was like appointment television. Whatever was going on, you drop it, you're watching Notre Dame every single week. That's just the way it was. So watching Notre Dame football with him was just like, it was awesome. I mean, it's just, you know, you really get to, to vibe with him. And I remember when I was younger, real young, like a baby, I feel like, um, well, you know, I didn't know going on because I was obviously a baby but uh, apparently there's a phraseology um, that my my buddy my, my dad and uh, his buddy Paul DeFabio who I love dearly rest in peace he's also passed since Paul DeFabio was like 
the coolest of the cool. Okay. It's Paul, Paul's kind of like, uh, he's kind of like Fonzie. He had a motorcycle. He was just, you know, he'd hit the jukebox. It works. He was such a cool guy. And him and my dad would, and Paul used to be neighbors in my house. So him and Paul would watch a lot of Notre Dame football together. They watch a lot of games together. And so when I'm younger, apparently my dad said something during the game, like, ah, he got up and screamed or something. You know, Ty Willingham probably called a terrible screenplay or something. And uh, I scream Moto Ya. Now, I don't know what that means. I think Paul and my dad said it was like some old Irish curse. And my mom told my Aunt Patty that story, and that was kind of the whole Moto Ya. It's kind of a like a little kind of familial, familial thing we like to joke around about still. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, you know, that was another huge part, just, you know, sitting watching Notre Dame football together. It's, you know, it's little things like that. It's not huge, grand things. It's just little, little things. You know, the trip to Rule King. He always loved to feed the birds, okay? He'd get corn, he'd get whatever, and he'd get suet which smelled disgusting. He get that, he put that up. He was always taking pride in his yard, his garden. He just was just all around a very, um, <laughs> he was always willing to take that extra mile of things. He was always willing to do that up, up until the day he died. He was always, you know, and I remember, I think a, conversation he had the last day he was a police officer he wanted to work this like insane schedule like 10 different things and i just i took a video of it because i'm like are you kidding me like dude, this is his last day of being a police officer he wants to do like freaking this many things like what are we doing like i and the joke was you know now that he went to city code enforcement like hey man you can kind of relax on that no 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 not my dad no 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 He's, he's driving around, he's looking at different properties, he's on the weekends, you know, looking at different things, checking things out. That was just his mind frame. That was his mindset. He was always, you know, hey, I got to look at this house. You know, we, we would go drive around all the time and look at different houses and different properties and be like, hey, see that piece of junk thing right there? Well, that needs to get out. We need to check that house. I'm going to run by and check that house tomorrow too. And if it's still there on Monday, guess what? Violation. And I'm like, dad, you're putting a lot of overtime into this. And he's like, yeah, but that's, that's kind of the way you got to do it. And that's really was his whole mindset was even in retirement. He was always just, you know, pinpoint center accuracy of just getting her done and just doing it to the just nth degree and just always, always, always um, doing the best he can, do being the most honest uh, person. And uh, he, was, he was so honest, so kind to people, always willing to help out. He's very, very fair with people. I think a lot of people caused him stress in the police force and in city code enforcement. And, um, I never really understood that because he was such, unless you really get him mad, 
I, you know, it was easy to get dad mad because you just say a few things, push a few buttons, and then he'd be like, oh, no, son, you're just, you know, you're, you're just trying to upset me now. You know, you say different things, you know, like, oh, man, the Godfather's horrible. My son, you're just trying to upset me now, you know, so it's, it, there'd be different things, you kind of push different buttons here, and, you know, I, I, I kind of always made the joke like, hey, uh, you know, how was it like, uh, checking out trash cans today at your job and you know it was it was all playful i knew his job was very difficult and i just would kind of you know i'd kind of make fun of it a little bit and you know but it, he he knew it was joking around he knew how proud of it was of him and how he was able to just be so so kind to so many people and uh he, you know, was such a devout Catholic, was able to, you know, you go to mass every morning, just such a uh, great soul, um, really instilled that in me, uh, in my Catholicism, and, uh, you know, going to church without him is just, uh, that's really tough, man, that's, you know. Because you used to go in with just like, you know, my mom, my dad, and I. Sometimes grandpa and grandma would come. So it's like, you know, three of us. But, um, you know, it's just things, things do get tough. And, you know, this weekend's going to be tough thinking about him. And, um, you know, and I just, every time I, I get sad about his death. I think, you know, he never wanted, like, if he, when he was a police officer, any number of things could happen to him. And they didn't. So, you know, the way he passed was very peaceful and very, um, very quiet, very humbled, very, 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 very just, you know, kind of, and it kind of happened, you know, there wasn't any theatrics, there wasn't any, it, 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 there was no pain involved, you know, everything was kind of just happened, and I think, because him and I talked about it a little bit, because, you know, you talk about things like this. And you never know when's, when they're going to happen, but you just do talk about them. Because when you're in a family, that's just kind of, this questions kind of pop up like that. From what I understood from him was that that's kind of the way he wanted to go when the time was his to go. That's the way he wanted it. He wanted it painless. He wanted it quick. He wanted it. Just, you know, that's how he would have wanted to go. He didn't suffer at all. And that's what he wanted. So I'm glad, although how sad it is that that happened, at least for that, I am thankful that he, it was the least painful and he did not suffer the way he did or the way he 
he did not suffer at all. So, you know, you have to find some silver linings or, or find positives in the darkness. Because if you can't find positive in the darkness, then there's no hope. I mean, um, and it's, you know, it's tough for a while to kind of realize that. And you kind of realize things, things happen. And, uh, you know, death is just a part of life. It's nature. It's just what happens. And, you know, and uh, when that happened, I, uh, it was just all surreal. It really didn't feel like, it felt like living in a nightmare for a while. And when you're in the hospital and it's just kind of, you know, you know, you know, he's going to pass. And, uh, so I believe we're getting to the end here. So I am going to make another part. So I will be back with part two. Thank you for listening.